Welcome to the Liz Career Coaching Podcast. My name is Liz Herrera and I am your host, career coach, and job search ally. People strive to find career happiness, purpose, and satisfaction, and yet end up in a career path that does not align with their goals and overall purpose. If you are launching your career or ready for your next career move, this podcast will empower you to pave your path and take the action steps to get you where you need to be. Let's get started. Welcome to the 20th episode of the Liz Career Coaching Podcast. My name is Liz Herrera and I'm your host. Today I'll be sharing tips on how to make networking less awkward. Talking to strangers can be uncomfortable, right? So I think what makes it uncomfortable is the actual small talk or just connecting with a stranger. What I think of is being on an elevator. I do not miss being on elevators. They are not my favorite. But all I can think about is being on an elevator and avoiding to make any type of eye contact or any type of small talk and just waiting for that button to illuminate so that I can get the heck out of there. Uh, maybe that's just me. I don't know how you feel, but that's how I feel about elevators uh, or just making that small talk. Now, you've been hearing me talk a lot about networking or you've heard some of my previous guests that I've interviewed. Like, I know, Liz, you're always telling your audience the importance of networking. I mean, this is something that I talk to my students and my clients and it's the buzz. You have to network, you have to talk to people and you probably also hear a lot of career coaches out there or your mentors letting you know that 80% of jobs are found through networking, that it's really about who you know. And if you are someone who dislikes networking, you just don't want to do it, you have a fear of doing it, then you're probably thinking, well, I have no hope. I don't want to get out there. I don't want to talk to people. So how can I position myself to new opportunities if I'm not good at networking? I think it's awkward. It makes me uncomfortable. So how do you get past that? And so in today's episode, I thought, you know, let me talk a little bit about what it really entails to network and just share some strategies on ways for you to step out of your comfort zone and make networking less daunting and less awkward. And so I'm going to share some examples that can be done both virtually and in person, because we will be in person soon enough. And one of the things I'll share with you, well, I'm going to share a lot today, but my feelings toward networking has actually significantly changed over the years. While, you know, I am uncomfortable with networking and while I'm still uncomfortable with it or connecting with strangers, for me, building meaningful connections, that has been such an extraordinary experience. And if I let fear stand in the way, I would not have met so many amazing people in my life, including some of you listening today. So I had to change the way that I saw or the way that I view networking. So my mindset, I had to change that. I had to reframe the way that I saw it because originally I always felt networking to be something disingenuous, inauthentic, and that is not part of my values. And I think that's why I struggled with the concept of networking. And and the other thing that I'll share that some of you that know me might know this about me out of full transparency, because again, I talk a lot about networking 
And I know sometimes people think like, well, you're comfortable, you're an extrovert, which I am not, <laughs> full introvert, but I actually have social anxiety. So for me, I get extremely nervous walking into a room full of people. I instinctively, you know, I just want to hide. I want to be invisible. I don't want people to see that I've entered the room. My, my palms get very sweaty. My heart starts pounding. You know, it feels like it's pounding out of my chest. Um, I just want to gravitate towards someone that I know. And I, I'm just uncomfortable. And so I will admit that this happens even in social situations, even at a party, even at family events. But it just, it, that's what it feels like to me. So you can just imagine how I feel having to go to a conference or even going to a meeting where there's like 20 people. You know, I have my cool from the, from the outside, but on the inside, I'm like, ah, I have to be around all these people, right? So I know that it can be uncomfortable. But again, I have found strategies to, to overcome those, those feelings uh, of anxiety. And I have found ways to make it a little bit more, you know, a little easier, alleviate, alleviate, uh, those, those emotions. So again, I'm going to share some scenarios that have really changed my approach in connecting with strangers, if you will, and even non-strangers, because, you know, that's, that's just the way that it goes. And that's especially in, in our careers, right? So when I had first started in career services many, many, many years ago, there was an awesome event uh, called the Women's Leadership Symposium. And so this was over the summer and my boss encouraged us to attend. So I, you know, of course signed up and I go to this event and it would, it was held in one of the larger ballrooms, um, at the university. And I remember entering that, that room and it was full of chatter and women and excitement. But for me, I'm just like, okay, what, where can I find a table? all the way in the back of the room where no one sees me. I don't want to talk to anyone. I grab my cup of coffee and I just want to, I just want to listen. For me, I'm, I'm just going to be a participant, but I'm not there to network. I'm not there to talk to anyone. I'm just there to learn. And so I can recall, you know, attending this event uh, a couple of times. And one in particular, I remember we were having some dessert and coffee and this woman sits next to me and she has such great energy. And she starts asking me questions. And of course, I enjoy talking to people. I think for me, the hardest part is making that initial, you know, breaking the ice. Um, but I enjoy talking to people if they talk to me first. <laughs> so this woman is talking to me and we're, you know, we really hit it off. We had a lot in common and I felt like I was talking to a friend. And so, of course, we exchanged business cards and the next day I get an email from her inviting me to, to lunch. She's like, you know, it was great meeting you at the conference. Uh, it looks like we have some things in common. We should have lunch. And so we actually made it a habit where we would schedule a monthly lunch just to catch up, talk about work. We talked, we were actually worked in different areas, different, um, departments. She was on the west side of campus. I was on the east side of campus. Um, but we loved professional development. And we just had a lot in common. Needless to say, this person, she has been a good, dear friend of mine for over 12 years. Uh, very, very, very close friend. So if it weren't for her breaking the ice, um, I wouldn't have an amazing person in my life today. And so she taught me a lot about just being okay with just talking to someone and that it's not a big deal. The other um, example that I wanted to share, this one's virtual. 
Um, again, it was just right at the beginning of my time in career services. I had just learned about LinkedIn. I was, you know, playing around with the platform. What I really liked about LinkedIn at the time for me, what bought me or the buy-in behind the platform was knowing, uh, meeting people and finding them on LinkedIn and connecting with them that way. That just seemed so much easier. Uh, remembering people's names, people's faces. Um, and it was, you know, it's like an online database instead of having to look at my, you know, my Rolodex. <laughs> I'm, I'm really dating myself here, but. Um, needless to say, I was part of a professional organization, a professional association, and they were hosting a conference. Needless to say, I connected with someone that was also part of the conference. Her and I connected, and she's like, I, I'm going to be presenting at the conference. I try, you know, I'm thinking about a topic. And so we started messaging each other via LinkedIn. Turns out that we had similar interests, and she might have pitched it like, hey, what if we co-present? And so, mind you, I had never met this person before, but we hit it off again through messaging, we were emailing, and we would brainstorm again via email, we would have phone calls, you know, at the time we weren't doing video (laughs) conferencing, it was all phone calls, we came up with this presentation where we would email the, you know, the PowerPoint back and forth, added things, and so it wasn't until the day of the presentation that we met for the first time. And when we did our presentation, our participants were like, oh, we thought, you know, when we mentioned like, oh, you know, this is our first time meeting, people are like, well, it looked like you guys have been, you know, friends for a long time or colleagues for a long time. And it's just, you know, we were able to make those meaningful connections even virtually. So the things that I would say that my networking experiences have in common is that these relationships have been mutually beneficial, organic, And there has been some type of genuine interest in one another. So networking doesn't have to be just about gaining something from someone or using someone, right? And I think that's how I've always felt. And I hear this a lot from my students or clients like, well, I just don't want it to be disingenuous. Like, I don't want to feel like I'm trying to get something from someone. I think that really does feel grimy. And so I definitely can understand that. But there's such a great value and, and such an extraordinary thing to be able to connect with another human being and you have to break the ice. I mean, we're all strangers at some point, right? And so we have to remind ourselves that when we think about networking, that it is a two-way street and we all have something to give. We have gifts to share. We have knowledge to share. And it's just, uh, it's just a great way of building relationships. So, I, I want to say that, you know, that has really made a difference in the way that I view the idea of networking. And I think it's just the word associated or the feelings associated behind the word networking. So again, I'm going to share some scenarios and some tips on how to approach networking. But one of the things that I want to talk about, because in any situation, right, you have to introduce yourself. We talk a lot about developing your unique elevator pitch. And we teach this to our students. So an elevator pitch is a synopsis. It's an introduction that, you know, again, it's concise and that it would take, you know, the time to introduce yourself uh, as long as it would take to, you know, go on an elevator ride with someone. Well, first of all, you know how I feel about elevators. I don't like them. I don't like small talk. And I think the, the phrase elevator pitch, that actually gives me anxiety. And I just feel like it's so rigid and structured. 
for me, I like to think about how do you humanize that connection? How can you introduce yourself and make it relevant to that person? And I think you always have to find something to connect with another human being. But always thinking about why you are interacting with that person. And it, it really depends on the context, right? So where are you at? Why are you connecting with these people or this individual? But it has to start with some type of human connection. And I think that's why we talk about the weather. Um, and that's where the small talk comes in. But being genuine about the way that you approach someone. Um, but really thinking about what it is that you want to share about yourself. So when you think about that elevator pitch, you know, think about why you're there, why you're connecting, you know, what is your background? So a little bit of your background, you know, where do you work or where do you want to work? Who do you serve? You know, you want to be able to commit, communicate your value, demonstrate your commitment to some, to something or whatever it is that you're working toward. And I think that it's just not memorizing your pitch, but also the way that you deliver it, your body language, your tone, uh, that could come through even, you know, over the phone, right? The excitement in your voice or via video or when you're meeting someone in person that you're doing something because you care about it. And I think that's where that connection really happens. And so, you know, when I'm talking to people, I first want to make some type of connection. You know, I talk about coffee because I love coffee. Um, I, I had a mug, you know, I was in a v virtual chat the other day and I love prints. And so I have a, a mug of prints and my colleague, you know, she's like, Liz, is that a Prince mug? And we had just met and that broke the ice, right? And like, I'm on, I'm part of this committee. So obviously I'm, I'm chatting with this person in a professional context, but at the beginning, that's how we broke the ice. So for me, again, having the idea of what I'm going to talk about. So when I talk about, you know, some of my, my pieces of my brand or my pitch is I'm a strengths-based coach. I love to work with people and helping them unveil those innate strengths so in order to help people uh, propel in their career and get ready for that job search, I view myself as a job search ally. I want to empower people to own their career and really acknowledge and own their career and for people to market and drive their, um, their career path. So helping people to confidently market their professional brand. So all those key points are integrated in my conversations, um, but not rehearsed. It's organic, it's natural, and it's back and forth, right? If someone asks me a question or I ask them a question and it starts from there. So those are my my nuggets of, of content or, or pieces of my introduction. And this is important, right? So whether it's a virtual connection that you're making, if you are sending an email or you're introducing yourself to someone, if you are making a LinkedIn connection, so that brings me to connecting with someone on LinkedIn. You want to, again, you don't want to be spammy. So LinkedIn is a great way, a great platform to build connections, but you have to start somewhere. And this is something that I encourage a lot of my clients and my students. It's like, you have to get on LinkedIn. You want to reach out to professionals, but there's a way to do it, again, to not be spammy. I'm sure many of you have experience where people are just connecting with you and you're like, why are you connecting with me? What do we have in common? And some people go about it, you know, they're just collecting people. Kind of when you go to, <laughs> to a conference, you know, those people that are just like passing out their, their business cards or just collecting business cards. Like, I never understood that. It's like, have a conversation with me. You know, even if it's just one person, talk to one person. So same thing with LinkedIn, you know, I will not reach out to someone 
if if there isn't something that I have in common with. So I, I would, you know, I would want that same courtesy. And so when you're reaching out to people, you want to let them know why you're connecting with them. Leave them a message. Um, the other thing too is you want to have a headshot. So I don't know if you've experienced this where people reach out to you and they don't have a headshot. That That is spammy to me. Um, so definitely have a profile pic. Have something on your on your uh, profile when it when it's bare bones. I for me, I'm like, okay, it's a bot. If there's no connection request, I can actually like this is why I want to connect with you. I I see them as collectors. That's what I call them, people collectors. Um, so I'm okay with not accepting a connection request. I'm okay with that. So you you want to be genuine in the connection. Let them know why you're connecting with them. And you know when you're reaching out to someone for a connection request. It, it, it allows for a, a note, right? So you, you make that connection and it's 300 characters. So you have to be concise. And maybe there's something about the, um, the person's career trajectory. Maybe there's something about their background or their education that intrigues you. Put that in the note. So for me, if someone is an engineer or they're, you know, maybe they're a financial analyst which I've been getting a lot of those because they're trying to sell, sell me insurance. You know, I, I kind of black those people or I, I say no. But if it's someone like, oh, I'm really interested in connecting with you. I think it's great what you do as a career professional or I'm, I'm, I want to, you know, expand my network. Or if it's something more tailored, then I'm like, okay, this person genuinely wants to connect with me. But if I, if I get the sense that they're trying to sell me something, I, I, I'm okay again with, um, not accepting that request. And you should be okay with doing that too. So that's one of the first things that I think about in making uh, virtual connections less awkward is be human in, in that connection. The next thing is maximizing your virtual meetings. So again, today we are attending virtual conferences, summits, symposiums, committee meetings, meetings. And so how can we maximize that? A lot of times I know I've been in these uh, platforms or these events where people are shy and, and I understand that and they don't show their video or they don't contribute to the conversation. I admit I was one of those people at the very beginning of this. I, you know, trying to figure things out. I'm like, oh, I don't want to contribute. I don't want to say something dumb. Uh, but, you know, having to step out of your comfort zone and showing your video, making sure that your background is appropriate and contributing to the chat. And so one of the things or strategies that I like to share is I don't have to talk to everyone. Maybe there are a few individuals on the call that say something that really resonates with me. You know what I do? I'll follow up and I'll either side message them or I'll make a comment on the chat box and say, that's an excellent point. Uh, and then I'll take it another step and maybe connect with them on LinkedIn and say, you know, we were part of this meeting. I really appreciated you sharing you know, this information. It would be great to connect with you. And that's how I've been building uh, my connections and my network through through these times. So anytime you feel connected to someone, maybe they had a thought, you know, reach out to them. And it can be, if it's not LinkedIn, it's it's via email. Ask people for a coffee chat, you know, reach out to them. Say, hey, do you want to meet before work? Uh, or, you know, whatever time works. And just 20 minutes of your time, I'd love to, you know, talk to you about this idea. Um, I've had people do that to me. And you know, people I have never met before and, you know, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and I'll chat with them for 20 minutes over coffee or during lunch. And it's been great just learning about what other people are doing. Now, some of you who are on the job hunt might be attending virtual 
job fairs. You know, the way to maximize the job fair, again, approach it in the way of making yourself visible. And the way that you can make yourself visible, again, is dress the part, right? So even though we're at home, you can still dress the part, even if it's from the waist up. I mean, you might hear people saying like, you should do fully dressed, but whatever it works for you, show up professional, ask questions, interact with the recruiters. Again, show that video, stand out because I know that a lot of people, again, are uncomfortable talking or, or showing their video or using the chat box. But I guarantee you that in my experience as of lately, the people that really stand out are those who, who again, show their video, go that extra mile, maybe shoot me an email and ask questions or even show up. A lot of these uh, events with uh, employers and other professionals, they have shared such great information and insight and access to information on a company and, and people willing to connect you to other people. So really maximizing that time, following up with recruiters, you know, if you're in that type of space and always send, sending a thank you that I cannot emphasize that enough in anything that you're doing professionally, where another professional is sharing information with you, they're giving you their time. You always want to send some type of follow up, but, but a thank you that goes a long way and people will remember you. The other thing, and this recently happened uh, with someone who reached out to me, but reach out to speakers beforehand. There are a lot of these events happening where, you know, featured speakers you see, you see on the flyers uh, or on the website, do some research on the people that will be talking and maybe connect with them on LinkedIn. I'm going to be volunteering for a a group session uh, for ASE. And I had uh, one of the participants who will be attending my session and she said, you know, oh, I look forward to connecting with you. And, and she connected with me on LinkedIn. And so I looked at her LinkedIn profile and, you know, she's, she seems very interesting and I can't wait to connect with her and have a follow up conversation with her. Uh, but that's a great strategy. Connect with speakers beforehand. And then that way you, in a way, have broken the ice and, and, and you'll be memorable. So this is a way to maximize those virtual meetings, uh, or events, if you will. The next thing I want to talk about is requesting an informational interview. I'm a huge advocate for informational interviews. And again, I hear a lot of my students and my clients feel trepidation toward the concept of reaching out to someone to interview them and ask them questions. You know, people enjoy talking about themselves, especially if they love what they do. And it's not as intimidating as you think. And some of you have probably already experienced um, informational interviews and, and they've probably been great or maybe not so great. But some of you listening may have not uh, actually taken that step. Uh, one of the things that I always say, you know, think about what is the goal of the interview. Don't just do it for the sake of, okay, my career coach or all these people are saying that I have to step out of my comfort zone and, and do informational interviews. Think about the intent behind that interview. You know, are you looking to make a career transition into their industry? Maybe you are uh, intrigued by their career trajectory. Perhaps you want to learn more about someone's academic background. Maybe you're entertaining the idea of getting a PhD or going to grad school and you want to hear more about that. I mean, anything, right, that that, that intrigues you about that individual uh, or, or their journey, let them know, you know, why you want to connect with them. 
it, it really makes that, that connection more fruitful and maybe someone more willing to want to talk to you, right? So always let someone know why you want to talk to them, why you want to interview them. Now, if you want to make it a little bit easier, another strategy is having your connections connect you. So I get a lot of, you know, especially in my role at the university with students trying to build their network, they'll, you know, students will reach out to me and say, Liz, do you know anyone in the field of public health or healthcare administration or marketing? And so I'll go through my, you know, my network. And if I know someone, you know, of course, I love connecting people to other individuals. I mean, it's one of my favorite things to do. And so if I have people reach out to me and say, Liz, I see that you're connected to so-and-so on LinkedIn. Do you mind making an introduction? And that really makes a difference when maybe a colleague, a peer, a friend can can facilitate that connection. That might be a great way to start uh, in, in doing informational interviews, conducting informational interviews. Once someone agrees to connecting with you or, or doing this informational interview, you want to make sure that you're flexible, accommodate their schedule, right? So you don't want to reach out and say, all right, Liz, I want to interview you. Um, but I can only interview you, you know, between 9 to 10 p.m. You know, you have to give, <laughs> give me some times, give me some dates. Uh, we all have different schedules. Uh, it's, you know, definitely mutual, but you want to try, try to be accommodating to, to that person. You want to prepare questions ahead of time. If you can do a video call, that's actually better than a phone call. I find that I have more organic, meaningful connections when I can actually see the person. Once we get back to... A little bit of normalcy, and if you can do it in person, to me, that those are always the best uh, ways to connect. Um, again, being mindful of people's time. If you if you tell someone that you want to connect with them for you know twenty to thirty minutes, make sure you stand by that. The other thing too is, and this kind of maybe should alleviate some of that pressure. You're an active listener, right? So you're simply asking the questions, things that you want to know, but the floor is theirs. You're there just to listen and, and, you know, take notes, process information, gain insight, and, you know, try not to interrupt. And it's their show. So being an active listener is so important. I know I had someone that interviewed me once and um, she kept interrupting me. She wouldn't let me talk. And I was just like, okay, <laughs> what did you want me to share with you? Um, and, and she wasn't really receptive to, to my, my feedback. It was a very bizarre interaction. So maybe if it didn't, if something doesn't resonate with you, just take things with a grain of salt. Um, but I just was not comfortable referring her to my network, um, as that informational interview was, was, um, was, was not a good one, I will say. Um, so be attentive. This is where the emotional intelligence comes in, right? Now, you know, if you have a great interview, you connected with the person, always ask if they can refer you to someone else. So I would say like 99.9% .9 of the time, I'm happy to connect people to other individuals. The same thing, I've had other colleagues do informational interviews and, you know, they'll send them my way um, and they'll say, this person was great. They just wanted to learn. So I'm always with delight. Um, never ask for a job, even though, you know, when you're a job seeker and we tell people conduct informational interviews, this is for you to gain insight on that person, their career trajectory, maybe their experience in the industry, maybe to learn about the culture of their organization, but you don't want to ask them for a, for a job. That makes 
that will turn the conversation uh, uncomfortable and, and awkward. And, and you don't want to put someone on the spot. So uh, don't ask for a job. Uh, always send a thank you. Again, I cannot reinforce that enough. Within 24 hours, you know, reiterate or summarize, you know, what, what were some of your key takeaways and then share something as well, right? If there's something that you want to, to share with them, you know, by all means do that. Stay on their radar. Always stay visible. Keep those connections warm. Um, whether it's through a follow up email, you know, Hey, I read that book that you recommended. It was great. Or thank you so much for letting me know about this professional association. I signed up for their newsletter. You know, something as simple as that. There is a great website uh, through Live Career. Uh, it's an informational interview tutorial with scripts on how to reach out to people, scripts on thank you notes, uh, questions to ask, so many amazing things. And I will put that in my show notes. That is one resource that um, I absolutely love. Uh, in terms of c- conducting informational interviews. And I will I will share, I had a really great informational interview of, a few years ago. There was a woman that reached out and she was interested in, uh, she was paving her path in the career development world. And, you know, while she was asking questions, of course, I'm happy to share all this information with her. And then she asked me a great question at the end. She said, Liz, is there anything that you're looking to do right now to advance in your career? And it was during the summer. And at that time, I really wanted to do some professional development. And I hadn't, I had not made time for myself and I hadn't researched what I wanted to do. And I said, you know, I, I really need some professional development right now. I, I want to refresh, polish up on some of my skills. And she said to me, Liz, I just enrolled in a course for, um, the, uh, for NCDA, the National Career Development Association. And, um, there's room in our course. We just started. And so I was like, Oh, this sounds exciting. This sounds great. So it was a, um, career facilitator program. And so I talked to my boss and it so happened that there were some, uh, professional development funds available. And I signed up for this summer course and I spent my summer uh, doing this career course and it was great. And so I never thought about getting something in return. You know, it was me giving back or for me, it was just giving information to this person. But I felt like I was the one who ended up uh, with a, a huge takeaway. And, and then she was my colleague in the course. And, and that was great. The next uh, strategy or, or scenario that I wanted to talk about, and um, this is one that is, is very daunting for, for many of us, um, and, uh, and maybe many of you as well, is attending conferences or networking events. This is, um, these, are, these are the most intimidating ones for me, um, or at least they used to be. And, and I definitely have refrained, you know, the way I, I see and view conferences and really have been more intentional, and that's because I have had some great experiences in, again, the relationships that I've built and not just going to a conference for the content or the workshops or the presentations, but also the people that I get to meet. And so for me, when I go to a conference, so one of the strategies that I will share with you is when you go to a workshop, sit next to someone, strike up a conversation. A lot of times you go to these conferences and people are attending from all over, maybe the world, depending on the type of conference that you're attending, you know, where are you from? What brings you here today? People like when you ask them questions. Well, most people, <laughs> most people do. So, you know, gauge their body language. I, you know, again, emotional intelligence does come in to play. If you see someone that is closed off, 
Uh, maybe they, they don't look very approachable. Uh, you know, maybe you don't want to start there. Um, or they can, it can be that they're nervous, right? So, um, you know, approach some, approach someone, sit next to someone, talk to them, strike up a conversation. I have found it to be much easier to talk to someone when they're alone, uh, versus a group, right? I think that, that you're really stepping out of your comfort zone. Um, but there are strategies around that, right? So, you know, when I, when I enter a group, if I see people kind of opened up and they're just kind of, you know, conversation, I'll, I'll walk up and I'll, I'll take a listen. And if there's a break where I can chime in, you know, I'll, I'll say something and I'll say, Oh, by the way, my name is Liz Herrera. I work at UIC. And, you know, then people, then I'll be brought into the conversation. Now, if you see, you know, two or three people and they're closed, and you see that they're really into the conversation, you don't want to break that dynamic, that energy. So read, read the room, right? There's, there's a lot behind that as well. Also think about your own body language. I, you know, one, someone gave me some constructive feedback and it was extremely helpful. As I mentioned, I have social anxiety. So for me, what makes me comfortable is having my arms crossed. You know, I get cold. So I cross my arms, you know, cross my legs. And it's because I'm nervous. You know, I want people to talk to me. But what I was actually conveying is that I was unapproachable. And so every time I go to conference, I'm like, well, nobody wants to talk to me. <laughs> I don't know why, you know, what it is. I'm friendly. And someone said, Liz, you come across as standoffish. And that was really interesting because I'm like, I had no idea. And so being mindful of your body language, you know, you want to be open, make eye contact, smile. You want people to want to talk to you. And so that was a, a lesson learned for sure. And so something that I'm always trying to be aware of. And so again, you know, kind of going back to the conferences, uh, approaching someone that may be alone because maybe they're nervous and they want someone to talk to them. I like to strike up conversations. I think it's become a little bit easier for me now, but you know, when I'm in line to get some food, you know, I'm a, I love accessories. So, and I like to be honest too, right? I don't like to make things up, but if I see a nice purse or someone wearing some nice shoes or a nice necklace, I'll say like, Ooh, I love that purse or I love that necklace or that food smells delicious, something. And you just strike up a conversation. You know, I've been invited just through that, you know, to sit with someone at a table, like with a group of people where I've connected with some amazing uh, career professionals. And so that has worked for me. I remember being at, at NCDA uh, in uh, California, Long Beach, and there was a woman and she was standing, you know, by herself and, she, you know, she, she was just kind of looking through the program. And I approached her, we just, you know, struck up a conversation and she was actually a career counselor at a high school wanting to make a transition into higher ed. And guess what? I've done that. I used to work at a high school. I transitioned into higher ed. So I was able to offer some tips. And then she says, oh, you know, I'm from New York and I actually want to move to Chicago. And I'm like, guess what? <laughs> I live in Chicago. So I was able to connect her to some um, Chicago-based uh, professional organizations and so, you know, that was just a great way to, to connect with that person. And obviously, you know, I have a million stories around networking. And so that's why, you know, my mindset has really changed. And 
it's it seems intimidating, but there's um there's a way to go about it, and I think it's really humanizing uh, these connections, right? One of the things that I'll say also when you're at at a conference, and I can't wait till we go back to them, participate in a shared experience, right? So one of the things that I've enjoyed, I remember going to St. Louis and and visiting the the Arch. I think that's how you say the Arch, um, and that was so much fun, you know, just connecting with people outside of your uh, professional setting, having dinner, talking to people about their hobbies. Uh, it's just, it's just been, it's just been great. And, and I can't wait to go back to them. So again, reframing your way of seeing networking and it doesn't have to be awkward. It doesn't have to be uncomfortable. And it's just a matter of breaking the ice. So these are just some of my thoughts around networking. And I really wanted to share with you as you know, I've always talked about this in, in my previous uh, episodes. So some ideas for you. Everyone that is listening is different, right? So I may have some extroverts that maybe it comes a little bit easier to you, or you might be an extrovert and it's still not easy for you. I mean, I don't want to label this. So if you know you want some ideas for action and ways to step out of your comfort zone, maybe in your next meeting, if you haven't been showing your video, turn on that video. Maybe add some comments in the chat box. Reach out to someone on LinkedIn for an informational interview. Maybe that's something that you've been wanting to do. Sign up for a virtual event, maybe for a job fair, for a conference, for a summit. Join a LinkedIn group and participate, contribute. Facebook, there's a ton of Facebook groups out there as well. Maybe join one, maybe join a few, depending on what it is that you want to do. Volunteer for something, right? Um... I know that people request for me to do volunteer, um, to do volunteer opportunities for a variety of things. And I admit that there are, uh, requests that people have that are out of my comfort zone. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try it out. I'm going to do this. So whatever that looks like for you, if you are presented with an opportunity, try it out. It's okay. All right. So there you have it. These are my thoughts on networking. It doesn't have to be scary or disingenuous. It's about making meaningful connections. You know, I'll say after launching this podcast, I've had, I've had people reach out to me. I have had coffee chats with some of my listeners. And so I have built some wonderful connections because of this podcast alone. Um, and I really, you know, I really appreciate that. And, and I, and, and thank you for it. If you want to reach out to me, uh, please feel free to do so. Share your thoughts with me on networking. Any questions that you have or topics that you want me to cover, you know, I'm all ears. I I do this because of you. Uh, I'm here to serve. So, you know, my email is lizcareercoaching at gmail.com. Shoot me an email, connect with me on LinkedIn. If you feel that these topics resonate with someone that you know, share my podcast. You know, if you feel that it's going to be valuable to someone else, definitely do so. You know, this is why I'm doing this. If you want to write a review for me, I hear that when people get reviews, that actually helps make your podcast a little bit more visible. You know, if if you feel that it's worth your while to write me a review, I know I get emails um, and I appreciate that. But if it helps through the through the review platform, um, I would welcome that. I would greatly appreciate it. So I, again, I would be extremely grateful. All right. So there you have it. As always, thank you for listening. And until next time, this is Liz, your career coach and job search ally.